0: Hey everyone, it's Dan Starbuck-Pelletier here with Carlos and Allison Mill. We have a special guest tonight. Our topic is entrepreneurship. Hey, Carlos, how you doing? Hey, Denny.
1: It's, uh, it's good to be recording today and uh, we appreciate you, Allison, for being here.
2: It's good to be here.
0: Thank you. So I've known Allison for a while now. I've coached her, her two sons in soccer and one of them in chess. Um, very bright kid. So so that's how we got to know each other. And and honestly, I saw her business via Facebook and I saw the pictures and they look so cool. And the, the business looks so vibrant that when I started to think about doing entrepreneurship, uh, I thought of her first. Uh, once again, going back to one of her episodes about the power of Facebook, um, she does a great job with her social media. And uh, now here we are. So good job with that, Allison.
2: I can't take all the credit. I have a young 20 something doing it for me, but thank you.
0: <laughs> oh, he gets, he's going to love this episode. He is going to love this episode. Maybe give him a raise. I'm just kidding. All right. So um, Allison Millwee, all right, she waitressed her way through college. Um, and then after college, was able to become a manager, worked her way up, um, found her passion, obviously, in college with the, in, the, in the food industry, um, then went on to become a uh, top chef at a high-end restaurant and inevitably was able to start her own uh, catering business and also teaching kids and adults uh, how to cook. And so she's, she's carved out a, a cool business and something that she loves and, uh, and it's just an impressive. So we're gonna be asking a lot of questions from start to finish and where she is today. So I'm gonna start it right now with, Allison. how did you come to the conclusion that the time was right to start your business?
2: well at the time i was working at a restaurant in manhattan and commuting from connecticut and making minimum wage and paying double taxes connecticut and new york and all the commuter fees and i was working about 100 hours a week and it just dawned on me that it was time if i was going to work this hard in this many hours i had to just go for it and start my own business
0: wow so um okay so yeah. you were commuting all the way there. Could you not work in Connecticut or was it the market was just better in New York?
2: Well, no, I had kind of done the restaurant scene in the area in Connecticut I was in. So I felt like, you know, the final restaurant step would be as a female chef in the city. And I kind of thought I would enjoy it more than I did. It was very hard to a commute, not live in the city and work the insane hours that chefs work. Right. and. I- only female in the kitchen. So that was really tough at the time. And it just felt like my restaurant days were behind me and it was time for me to start my own thing.
0: Okay, and you wow. had kids at the time and you were making that commute, right?
2: I was, I had no kids. I was not married at the time.
0: Okay, all right, That's you think you sl- could've yeah. kids? Yeah. Alice, you think you could've done that with the kids?
2: Absolutely not.
0: Okay. All right, cool. Well, that's, right, that's that's
1: that's that, that's that's crazy, but that does set up a, a scenario for her, right, to to being able to do it. And a lot of people that want to start their own business, you know, kind of think of those things. Uh, but that's great that you had the freedom, kind of, to do that because, I guess, having kids is a game changer. Uh, Allison, we I have a question because a lot of people that want to start their own business, uh, you know, worry about money. I think that's that's the main thing that that kind of takes you back and says, you know, you 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 get to thinking. Maybe I shouldn't do this, but did you have a source of revenue already? You know, while you started your own business or uh, not
2: particularly, not really. I was still, it was, it was very scary. I mean, I started my own business with a fax machine and a stock pot and I moved, I was living in a really nice condo on the water with a couple friends and I wound up moving to a not so nice house and cut my rent in half. Mm -hmm. because I knew that I wouldn't be able to afford the house anymore. And I was still kind of moonlighting at night for other caterers because I needed to somehow make money. And then I was also teaching a lot of continuing education classes locally just to get my name out there. But it was financially beyond stressful for, I would say, the first five years.
1: So in Rally, you didn't get more money you you kind of changed your strategy and you multiply yourself and you went out out of your way to to make it happen it wasn't like you had to figure it out
2: oh I didn't have it figured out but I knew that I had a following because I had been a chef at so many local restaurants I you know for years people were saying you should have your own catering company you should do this you should do that so I knew I had to take this leap of faith but it was really inconsistent financially. So it was very stressful, but then again, it was just me that I had to worry about. I didn't have a family. So it's a lot easier to do it when it's just yourself. I
0: will say, so so I consider myself an entrepreneur with with the coaching businesses that, you know, and Connor go to it. And one of the big things is living within your means to make it happen. So I I, I have a, a regular apartment, I have roommates, I try to keep my car, my living, my rent down because that directly affects uh, your business. You can make more sensible decisions, more patient decisions when you don't have big expenses to pay. You know, so I think that making those those living conditions probably made it easier, which is essential. I mean, people think that they're 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 successful and they, they should be driving a Beamer when um, they're not there yet, and and. If you go lease a Beamer and you, you think you're big time, but but then all of a sudden, you know what you are, you're really stressed out. And then you make poor decisions as a business owner because uh, you're trying to make it financially. So I definitely think that's a big thing. All right, Allison, what was your biggest failure as an entrepreneur and how did you fight through it?
2: I think my biggest failure as an entrepreneur was figuring out how to get the clients to pay me on time. And I had a situation about eight years ago where I catered a wedding and at the time I would allow, I would, I would get a deposit and then I would allow the client to pay the balance the day of, Mm -hmm. I learned the very hard way. They certainly did pay me the day of, and then the check bounced. And it was thousands and thousands and thousands. Of dollars and come to find out and then the client ignored me and ignored me and ignored me and then come to find out after the whole thing that the client happened to be wanted by the feds because writing fake checks all over the place so right after that and you what was your question how did I
0: did you, you come back from that
2: well I changed I <laughs> I hired an attorney I wrote not, I never got my money. I mean, I never no. saw that, that was a complete loss, but the I wrote,
0: wrote money everywhere.
2: It was awful to write to write a new contract. So I got a you know a much better contract in place with certain payment structures, like I get a deposit and then now I get fifty percent one month before the event and I get I get the balance two weeks before the event. So that way, if the check bounces, I have two weeks to. Deal with the client and not show up for the event if their check bounces.
0: So, wow. so my the only thing that I have for that though is so for my business, you know, teaching, um, my I am I'm, I'm still building it, right? And there's two things at play there. Number one is I, I'm not that well known yet, so it's hard for me to say pay in advance um, because I don't have that that big brand that you have in the in the catering business. And the second thing is. A lot of my parents enjoy the flexibility, and that's actually a big pull that I have in the flexibility, but I have the clientele that's going to pay me. So how do you combat, number one, when you don't have the big brand? And number two, if, if maybe your clientele values um, flexibility?
2: Well, with your situation, I'm going to be honest, when you connected yourself to PayPal, that was really helpful for me, the client. Just so you know. Very helpful. Um, And I think, personally, I think you could be much more strict about your payment policy. If you email me on a Monday and ask me if my son is going to chess or to soccer on Sunday, and I say yes, right then and there, I should be paying you. And if my son can't make it, too bad. But it's your time, and you've already carved out that time, so I think it's not easy, Danny. I, 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 for about a decade, I hated asking my clients to pay me. It was just a really hard thing for me to do. But then you get to a point where your time becomes so valuable that you have to. Right. And wow, that catering, is
1: that's incredible well, insight.
2: And in the catering world, you know, if they want to secure the date with me, I mean, for example, right now I literally have, you know, three different clients three different clients looking at the same date. And it's gonna be the first one that bites. And I've told them all, I said, listen, whoever sends the deposit check in first wins because these are really busy dates in June. And I've warned you guys of this for a few weeks now. And, you know, it's at the point now where whoever decides to commit first and I get the, the deposit check from, that's who's gonna get us.
0: So uh, one, one more interesting thing on that is my, my accountant, uh, said to me, he said, "You need remember the PayPal you were talking about, I'm the biggest fan of PayPal for business. And the reason I did is he said to me, all right, how much is PayPal, what percentage is PayPal gonna take? I said, oh, like 3%. And I was like, I don't wanna give him 3%. And he was like, (laughs) okay. He was like, I want you to go through your spreadsheet and tell me how many people said they were gonna come and didn't come and didn't pay you. And tell me what percentage of your business that is. And guess what percentage that was? 20? Hey: I'm in a Eight. nice market. I'm in a nice market, but still, you, you I paid five percent more because I'm not getting cut out on.
1: It that. made sense, yep.
2: Now but yeah, I mean, it's true. I think PayPal is I mean, it saved me. I connected all my cooking classes and camps to PayPal, mm. and I do have some clients that ask me to invoice them via PayPal. I think it is awesome.
0: Yeah, and it's, yeah, wow. it's easier for. And too. it's
2: easy. And you all of a sudden, it, you know, you have your client list because of the way that they paid.
0: And and I can see reports. Um, I can do refunds for free.
2: Yes. I love the refunds. I, and, and, you know, Danny, another thing, you know, I am pretty lenient, you know, because I have I run a cooking school. So people register all the time and then something comes up, a kid gets sick, this, that. I'm pretty lenient and I love being able to just hit that refund button.
0: Yes, I am too. I am
1: too. So for both of you guys, it was kind of a learning experience, right? And, and that, I think that's the thing for, for being a, a business owner. A lot of times you don't know all the answers and a, as you go on, you learn, hopefully not the hard way, but, but unfortunately True. But a But sometimes lot of times it is, right? Yeah. Well, True. Uh, Allison, I have a question. So I did my homework, I, I saw that you were extremely uh, prepared. Uh, You know, your education was great. And, and, you know, it's amazing that you're able to do with, you know, what you went to school for. I I, I can tell your passion. Uh, But in order to get your business to grow, have you used social media? Obviously, you said your Facebook page, but was that a a kind of a, you know, a key thing to do? Was that a... uh... Uh, you know a must do in order to grow your business or you know was it more a word-of-mouth or, or, or newspaper articles I saw that you had some newspaper articles you had a lot of media attention at some point and you probably you probably still do uh, what, what was it the biggest thing that that you used in order to grow
2: well I was extremely resistant resistant to social media and for years people were telling me you have to do it you have to Facebook you have to this you have to that And it's just so foreign to me because I'm so old that I kind of miss that, you know, generation. I'm like 20 years too old. Um, I've always been word of mouth for 23 years. I've never done hard advertising at all. I have, I've been on the food network. So that was very helpful. There has been articles written about me, all these things. But finally three years ago, I realized that I had to do something. So I, got a 20 something year old to become my, you know, social media person. And she has been amazing. And so now I'm doing social media. I'm doing Instagram. I'm on some other thing. I don't even know. Gold Coast Connect. I'm not tweeting. um, But I think she, you know, the next thing she wants me to do is like videos. I guess you can do one minute videos and post them up. Um, It has been life changing for my business. No, how do people know that you're out there? Nobody picks up a paper and reads anymore. I mean, yes, people still will, you know, refer me, oh, you should call AMG Catering or blah, blah, blah. But if they see it, and I think the visual pictures of my food and my staff and my events, people, you know, are sitting at home scrolling through their phones and they see that. And I think that's what they're going to remember when they're thinking of hiring a caterer.
0: Speaking of that, that's AMG Catering and Events. If you want to look it up on Facebook, check it out yourself. AMG Catering and Events. I just wanted to throw that in there make sure we get that.
1: Absolutely. Wow. I mean, that that is great to hear. And, and, and Danny and I had a podcast, our very first episode, talked about how people can see that the business is alive when you're posting and you're constantly out there. Uh, so, I mean, that that is great to hear that, you know, other people who are very successful like you are using those channels, and it has, it has been a game changer
0: for you, as you said, so. Sp- speaking of your staff, last question, Allison, then what you uh, go to bed, I know it's getting late for all of us, I know I'm <laughs> sleepy. Um, my bedtime's 9 p.m. So,
2: you- <laughs> You're too young to go to bed at 9 p.m.
0: Oh, I, I Eastern time, I... right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get up early for work. But anyway, so, the, I saw a picture of your staff, and they look so happy. Um, and vibrant, and and I'm assuming that they're mostly part-time, similar to the coaches that coached me, you know, like Fred and stuff yeah. like that. Um, how do you keep them engaged as part-timers?
2: I am very fortunate. My staff, they are really happy. We love working together. And most every single one of my staffers has another job. Many of them are teachers. Um, some of them work in the food industry, you know, during the day, almost every single one of them is a mom. They all have been in the restaurant business in the past. And once it's in your blood, you can't get rid of it. So they are so happy to still have their foot in the door in the food business. And I'm, I'm very good to them. They're very good to me. It's just, they've been with me for probably in an average of 14 years at this point nobody ever leaves um you know they all are begging for work right now after this long you know winter they're like we miss our amg family um it's it's we're all restaurant people so we all get it
0: okay so what's the what's the little secret that you have to keep them happy other than that they just love it inherently paying
2: you- them the night of the event i love oh, that
0: wow. hey i pay my coach is the night after they coach. I use Venmo. Oh,
2: the night, I mean, they wait like little doggies for their envelopes.
0: I, I, I fully agree with that. You wanna know why? I used to not, and you forget. And when you forget to pay someone, I'm telling you right now, even if it was totally unintentional, they will kind of think to themselves, "I ah, was maybe he was trying to not pay me, maybe.
2: You're 100% right and then they start to resent you and you can't let time pass between the work and the payment.
0: And that's why I use Venmo, the app. It's a free money transfer app and I use it for my business and it's the easiest thing in. I just put, you know, Fred, boom, boom, paid, done.
2: It's interesting because somebody was just talking to me about Venmo, which is one other thing I want to say. I also was resistant to accepting credit cards for a really long time. I had PayPal but I didn't want to get the card swipe for some weird reason. Again, it was just like my generation thing, but that has been life changing too. I did that about two years ago.
0: Interesting. I thought
2: corporate clients, you know, to have to get it, they can't use PayPal because a lot of the corporations don't want to have a PayPal account. And then the individual person doesn't want to put it on their PayPal account and then have to get reimbursed by the corporation. Mm -hmm. And so they would have, they have corporate credit card, and so if I wanted to get a deposit, I would have to go through a million channels to get a corporate check and this and that and now I can just ask them while I'm on the phone, "All right, well why don't we just move forward with this? Let me get the credit, you know, give me the credit card and boom, then the transaction's done." So that's been life-changing too. Wow,
1: that that is great, Allison. Well, Allison, we, we truly appreciate it. Uh, I think for our listeners this is going to be you're you're adding huge value and and you know what I'm taking out of this is basically don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone and kind of pursue your dreams, right? And don't be afraid to change as far as adapting to change because if you don't adapt, you, you don't survive. And uh, and I think what you've told us, your stories are, are definitely a clear example of that. Uh, and, and we know you're extremely busy. Uh, we really appreciate your time. And let me, let, you, let me tell you that I'm getting married in June and you know if I wasn't living in Alabama, I would definitely tell my fiance. That we needed to be calling you, so. Well, uh, <laughs> good,
2: for you. good for you. I would right. come. Down,
1: huh? Yes, I'm... you need to, you need to, you need to start a branch here.
2: <laughs> well, thanks, guys.
0: Thank you, Allison. I appreciate it. And I'll be seeing you this weekend, probably. Right. Well,
2: I'll see you on Sunday.
0: All right, I'll see you then.
2: Okay. Good night, guys. guys.
0: Good night.